Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets show here on the Mayo Media Network, presented by Price Picks. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell to go through Thursday's 11-game monster of a betting slate. So, DJ, how you doing uh, on this? You know, going into Thursday night. Um, it's good to be back with a uh, you know mega slate like you mentioned. Um, it's good to also be following up one of the best uh, podcast. I would say one of the better at least podcasts from the. Uh, Daily Fantasy Picks and Bets show with, you know, Matt Best, the whole thing with him, uh, you know, calling out the hot mic and everything. That was really funny. Like hearing them in real time talk about uh, the Tim getting Peel Tim Peel fired. fired. <laughs> yeah, like literally like the thing that was so incredibly good. If you didn't listen to it, at least go back and listen to the, the first like 10 minutes of that show. Uh, it was really, really, really good. Um, very, very good. But Matt, how are you doing? Welcome back to a major slate. Wednesday slate was not the most enjoyable, I guess and many fronts, but what were your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we had a, we had a small Tuesday slate too, which you know yeah. seemed to go pretty well. Um, I think a lot of our leans sort of hit. Um, if you played DFS and game stacked Arizona, Colorado, uh, yep. you know, it was testosterone of all the money on DraftKings. But if you did that too, then you probably had a pretty good night as well. So um, feels good to come out of that slate with, a, you know, a bit of a W. Um, so just hoping to, parlay that forward going into Thursday night here. Uh, we do have 11 games on the docket, so I don't want to dilly-dally for too long. Um, like DJ said, that, uh, you know, Maddie on the on the, the, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, um, that was a really cool thing to see him get, like, his tweet blow up. So, again, be sure to just be following all of the guys at the Mio Media Network, you know, be it Chris or Eric or obviously us. Um, so, so all that said, though, before we get into talking about Thursday's, um, you know, 11 games, I do want to talk to you a little bit about PrizePix. Uh, PrizePix is the title sponsor of this show. Um, so what you should do is go on over to prizepix.com and sign up. Let them know we sent you by using c- promo code MMN, is it Mayo Media Network. Uh, doing so, you can get up to a $100 match bonus on your first deposit. So uh, it's, it's a great way to stay involved in the NHL, you know, to, to play along with the games as they go on. And also you can do cross sport entries. So what you do is you pick up to five players uh, in any sport uh, to make one of your entries. Uh, you pick the over or the under on their fantasy score. So it's pretty straightforward. It's very simple for the NHL. Uh, you get three points for a goal, you get two points for an assist, and you get a half point for a block shot and a shot on goal. So uh, you'll see a massive board with the 11 games here yeah. on Thursday. So just stay tuned to the Mayo Media Net for some of our favorite picks on the board to get you started. Uh, again, use promo code MMN when you sign up. So DJ, 11 games here. Uh, you know, the, where do we even start? Like, do you just want to start at the beginning? I, I guess that, that is normally where I like to start. We'll start with the Islanders at the Bruins. This game looks like it's definitely going to actually play with some, you know, speculation. Boston obviously had the COVID scare, uh, but they should be back. Um, well, obviously, you never know, but let's plan on them playing. So with that being said, it does look like Pasta Crazy Smith was going to be a line. Is that, is that correct? No, no, just that they were all no, activated. They were active. Um, okay, so we don't know the lines yet. So is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, they practiced late on Wednesday evening. Um, so assuming that that went through without any problems, um, I would expect their lines to be pretty normal. You know, uh, um, you know, the two guys who are out are DeBrusque and Corelli. They're still on the mm-hmm. COVID list. So, you know, those guys are regulars, but they're not necessarily that relevant to this team. Obviously, a name like Pasternak is a big deal. 
and I would say Krejci and Smith are slightly more important. So basically you're getting, you know, a full strength Boston team. Of course, we don't know, you know, what the nature of those absences were. I'm guessing they weren't actually COVID because it's been, I think, less than a week for those guys. Honestly, time, uh, you know, time, time in this sense, it could be last month for all I know, but um, I'm pretty sure that's correct. And on the Islanders side, I mean, who knows what they're doing even. So no idea. We have uh, we have a five and a half over under for a team that played Komarov on the first line and then scra- er, waved him. Waved like, him. Yeah. Uh, like they're playing Matt Martin on the top power play. Like who knows what the Islanders are up to. You know, Anders Lee's loss we thought would be a bit less of a problem because Kiefer Bellows stepped in and played so well right away. Um, but yeah, you know, how do you how do you feel about this one? Um, to me, it sort of feels like an under, and I yeah. do side with Boston here. Uh, I just I don't really trust the Islanders <laughs> um, uh, to no, to put up any offense. So, I mean, I think if you're if you are a player on the Islanders and you're listening, like don't score too many goals too fast. If you do that, they're just pulling you right out. Like Kiefer Bellows, you got to calm down. You can't score back to back nights, or Leo Komarov has to get in that top line. So, yeah, no, I am I am all over that under. Uh, I just don't even want to mess around with anything else. Honestly, I don't think I'm going to be looking too heavily in any props. Maybe uh, right now we don't we don't really have anything. That game has just I think kind of been a surprise to the books. So I don't want to say what the odds are right now. If we get like fair odds, like close to the the median for Pasternak over, I might consider it. But other than that, I'm, I'm probably out on this one. Um, I really like a two to one game here, Boston getting the win, like you mentioned, but not going to yeah, go overboard with it. Yeah. And just one last thing there. Don't forget about Matt Grizzlick. Um, he was playing really well before the pause. He's pretty cheap on DFS sites. He's going to be on their top power play unit and he's been putting up really big games, um, you know, in the, in the last stretch running up into their pause. So let's move from there over to the Rangers at the Flyers. Um <laughs> the flyers man i like what do we even do with this team like they they came out and laid an egg against the devils um they put their lines in a blender in the third and they sort of came back they made it respectable on um but uh, like i just i don't know at this point carter hart just seems irreparably broken um (laughs) brian elliott hasn't been much better like it's just been a crazy year for the flyers because through it all they they don't even look that good. And yet they're right there in the thick of things in the playoff race. So like, how do you feel about this game as a pick them of the flyers at home against a Rangers team that, you know, uh, has our Temi Panarin back seems to be a mostly full go. Honestly, I really like the fact that it is a pick them because I think it's actually that close. Um, I slightly, I'm going to side with the flyers at home here. Um, I think it's just for more than anything, they really do have a top nine. That is, I think pretty solid now that it's all back together. Um, I like the over here. I think that's my initial lean. Like I'd rather just take the over than play like who's going to get that, that lucky bounce for the Rangers or the, or the Flyers to get the win. Um, I think it could easily go either way and you could talk me into the Rangers. I, I don't know if that's what you want to do here, but I like the over more than anything else. And then I'd rather just get to some players. Um, what is your initial lean on the over under slash um, the lines for either of these teams? Yeah, I, I think if I were to pick one sort of over-under side, I would go with the Rangers, and it just feels so gross because I feel like a lot of what I'm doing is picking based on goaltending. Um, but we might even get Shesterkin back in the crease for the Rangers. Um, he could be a few days off, but uh, he's back at practice. So, you know, that's obviously a good sign they sent. Um, uh, 
geez, who was the old guy they had there uh, in net? But they sent um, these Kincaid, the was it? Kincaid. Kincaid, Kincaid yeah, they sent net. him back uh, to yeah. the taxi squad. So he gave, sounds like... goals to, he gave up three goals to Buffalo, and they were like, see ya, buddy. <laughs> nice nice <laughs> yeah. to see you try. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they're basically, I think, at full strength. And I just, even though they're on the road, I, I just think that, they may be slightly, be- slightly better. Um, we, we should get some new Philly lines, so stay tuned for those. Yeah, yeah. Um, first indication based on the third period looks like it could be JVR, Couturier, Konechny, and then Farabee, Hayes, Drew. Um, that obviously has some DFS implications. I'm not sure it has a ton of betting implications here, though. So anything on the player side that you uh, want to yeah. take, take a crack at? I mean, I have been kind of a big uh, Kako fan as far as like my punt in DFS. He just kind of is a guy that I've always been keeping an eye on. Uh, he was playing with Panarin, and he absolutely lit it up with two goals. Not the first power play. Second power play kind of hurts his upside because they definitely run that first unit a lot. But him with Stroman Panarin is really good at five on five in a game that I like the over in. He's, what, plus 320 to score a goal at any time. It feels kind of like you're chasing points. You're kind of chasing what he did last time. But it's, you know, it makes sense because he was on that, you know, high-flying, very good line. And if you play with Artemi Panarin and you just are on the ice, like he could find you. He and Kako has a great shot. It's not like he's for lack of ability to shoot. Um, so I like Absolutely. that. But, and then as far as props are concerned, I, I think my favorite one of the night, or not of the night, but in this game is Claude Giroux to have a point at, at minus one. 48 he sees so much run that first power play i, I you know honestly both power plays are kind of a 1a 1b it's not super strong with them but him with therapy patrick Provorov, and Voracek had a goal um unfortunately drew wasn't the recipient of that goal but i think that unit is really really good and it's one of the i, I think cheaper ways of going about dfs that are going to work as far as centers are concerned he might be my favorite one of my at least top five favorite plays per, per dollar. Like he's going to be in a lot of lineups. Um, I think you can get him in with Matthews to make it work really well or McKinnon. Um, so that's probably where I'm leaning pretty heavily as far as like picking one prop in this game, just him to get a point. Yeah. I'm looking at some of these player props. And if we do get Kevin Hayes with Drew and Farabee, I mean, those two guys aren't like major shot volume guys, but I don't think Kevin Hayes is really all that good of a shot generator himself and playing with those two guys. I think he's definitely the third wheel there. Um, so I don't mind maybe taking the under on two and a half shots from Kevin Hayes. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he and Giroux should be priced the same. So I kind of feel like that's a, a decent bet if you feel more toward the under on this game versus the over, which I think you're leaning. So uh, anything else here or should we move on? Oh, let's get over to New Jersey at the Capitals. Um, I think, you know, minus 190 for the Capitals is, is a bit strong, but, you know, you look at the records and you just can see the Capitals just find a way to win. And it's just something that I'm just not willing to get I'm probably not going to play because um, minus 190, I feel like you could have a little more fun with one of these props to hit um, New Jersey plus 163 and then the over under at six. So I'm probably planning on playing player props in this one. As far as my parlays are going to be concerned, I would probably lean to the over just, just a little bit, but not anything too strong. There is a small concern that Ovechkin won't play. It sounds like that is not as big of a concern as maybe initially thought. So I plan on him being in, other than that, you know, the one player that kind of I'd say jumped off the page and I think might find his way into a few more DFS lineups than anyone thought was Nick Merkley. He's a guy that was on the first power play unit, uh, not a player that we thought we'd see there maybe at the beginning of the year or really thought much of, but he did have five shots on goal. And Matt, I think you had more stats on him. So I'll, I'll send it over to you um, as far as a really, really cheap player on DFS. 
Yeah, I, I thought he was on the second unit with Jack Hughes. They, um, you know, it's hard to know. They play they play both like evenly. Like they don't they split the minutes so much. He was with okay, Hughes and Subban, okay. so I kind I, of consider the first <laughs> unit. But makes sense. I understand yeah. where, where that came from. But yeah, basically, I mean, you know, you're talking DFS. Obviously, you, you need punts to play guys like Matthews and McKinnon and Pasternak on a slate like this, where they're nine k on DraftKings. Like it's you know pretty crazy how expensive they are. And, you know, Nick Merkley doesn't have a ton of prospect pedigree. Like he's already 25 or 23. So he's not like a super young guy or anything. Um, but he has come in as of late and is really putting up great shot numbers. Um, three of his last five games, he has four shots in or more. Um, so when you see like really low minutes and then he's up at 14 and 16 in his last two games, you're seeing the role start to grow. Um, the shots have been there. So he's playing with Pavel Zaka, who's a guy who I think we just generally like as a player, as a offensive producer. Um, so I just think that, you know, he makes for a solid DFS punt type play. Um, I'm not sure I want to go through the motions of, you know, betting him at plus 550 to score and, you know, oh, putting on my Nick Merkley hat. Um, you have to. I, I just, I mean... <laughs> You know, there's just so many ways to go on this slate. I'm not sure I want to tie myself to something like that, but, um, you know, uh, another area to go in this game, uh, obviously with Ovechkin, um, I, I think he absolutely plays. Uh, he practiced in full on Wednesday. The Russian machine, it, it will never break. Um, you know, just praise praise be that that continues to be the case but it doesn't seem like there's anything major there with him so you know i'm very happy to go plus money on ov hitting the shot bonus basically getting five shots uh, over four and a half plus 120 uh, against the devils like I, I just i think that's really good he's playing with kuznetsov at five on five he's playing with tj oshi at five on five both those guys will definitely be looking to feed him uh, so I just don't really, you know, I just like getting plus money on OV shot props, regardless of what number they are, frankly, yeah. um, because he's just such a unique animal when it comes to taking shots and using them on the power play. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good, a really good take there. And then the other one that I'm going to consider, I'm not sure where I'm going to land, but all of these New Jersey guys that they have listed to get a point are like right around the middle here, right around the plus or minus 100 area. I think any of them could be fine. Do you have a favorite here, though? Um, good. Honestly, my favorite's probably yes for Brat. No, <laughs> um, like just because like he's probably fine, but I don't think he's like fifty two percent likely to get a point or whatever. Like I'm, I'm good taking minus one twenty five on Jesper Brat and just sort of banking on you know the other what I think more talented guys picking up points for New Jersey. But I don't know where were you going right. with that one. Wow. No, I I, I okay. thought like Palmieri at plus like why is he the like the worst or I guess like they're to say thinking yeah. he has the worst chance of getting a point just seems weird to me. Um, he is kind of the trigger guy in that uh, one of their two power play units as we mentioned. Um, ton of shot volume. I, I don't really get it, but either way, I like that. I like what you said there. So why don't we move over to uh, Carolina at Columbus if you're ready? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so Carolina now has the the best power play in the NHL. Um, you know, it's it, it's pretty surprising given the way Carolina has been in the past, you know, a team that can't really score much um, when given the opportunity. So you do love to see that. This game is at a five and a half total. Um, I, I, you know, Carolina minus 165 on the road does feel pretty good because I, I'm just not sold on this Columbus team being any good. 
but I am kind of feeling this over, you know, over five and a half. Um, yeah. The Carolina power play has been clicking, obviously. Um, Marty Nachow is taking over Trochak, basically, you know, running, uh, <laughs> running pretty well at, at this point in time. So uh, do you agree with me there? Like, what are your thoughts sort of on the overall stance of this game? Yeah, I, I think the over is pretty strong. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like Columbus is one of the teams that we probably talk about the least it's so rare that I want to stack Columbus. I mean, sometimes they're cheap enough to consider they're right at the middle 13, 13 and seven, just not a good year. Carolina has been pretty amazing and, and really the, you know, the upper echelon of the league and, and definitely their division. So minus one sixty-five, I definitely think is worth considering in a parlay. Is it better than just taking minus one fifty-five, two and a half for Sveshnikov? I don't know. You, you know, I think you can go either way on that. And those are probably my two favorite bets from this game. The over as well, I think is, is strong, but I'm not, about a hundred percent on it. Like I think that there's reasonable chance that Columbus gets one goal and, and just really doesn't get it done. But that's just, this is my take on it. I probably take yeah. the, one of those two over it. So I'll tell you something. I'm looking at these shot props. And of course, Andre Svetchikov is mispriced. The guy's averaging, uh, you know, five and a half shot attempts over his last 10 games and the over two and a half, it just doesn't feel juiced enough. Um, obviously shot attempts don't equal shot on goals all the time. Um, but you know, that's just sort of where, um, usually about 50% is a good, and he's averaging, you know, about three per game. So that's just seems like a pretty good bet there, but also Cam Atkinson minus 112 to go over two and a half. I mean, he's been a really good shot generator all year, last 10 games. Uh, he's averaging five shot attempts. So like basically same story as Svechnikov where like you're getting even money on something that's happened more, uh, more than 50% of the time. And Oliver Bjorkstrand, a guy who's, you know, coming into this with uh, 11 points in his last 10 games, like uh, plus 105, like, come on, like uh, over two and a half, uh, he should be playing in a top six role. He's getting all the torts love in the, in the media. Um, It just feels like those three bets, honestly, could be, you know, three bets that you can't parlay, but I might just make three straight up bets and just say, you know, I feel the best about those three hitting, Um, Mm. you know, basically of any of the ones we've talked about thus far, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or other ways to attack this game. No, I mean, over the last games, you, you kind of nailed a few of the guys that are right up near the top and in, in, in shot attempts. And like you said, they don't always equal shots on goal, but every player in the league, if given an opportunity, will put the buck on net. You know, it's not like it's for lack of skill. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. I think there's a lot of guys. I think there should be a decent number of shots in this game. How many high quality shots are to be determined. Um, I agree. I think these shot props are really strong here. Hamilton, Ajo, there's, there's a number of them. So I agree with that. Um, definitely. I don't know if there's anything that I'm way, you know, higher on than the rest. And, you know, other than that, there's not a ton of news and notes in this game. Um, was there anything else you wanted to mention? Um, something to keep an eye on Elvis, uh, questionable. He was yeah, sick mispractice Wednesday, so they could even, you know, be forced to go at Corpus Allo. So it's not like he's, uh, terrible goalie, but um, yeah, you know it, it's noteworthy that no Elvis could portend minor concerns for the Columbus side. So let's move on over to Toronto at Ottawa. Um, Toronto at minus two fifty here. Um, I was sort of expecting to see that closer to the minus three hundred range, honestly, given that Ottawa's on a on a back to back, having just played Calgary. Uh, Toronto was very well rested. This was just a straight up uh, scheduled break, you know, for them. There was no, they're not Edmonton, Montreal, where like there was COVID concern. Like that's not it. They were just straight up off for, I believe, four days. 
Um, over under six and a half as most games are between these two teams uh, involving these two teams. Um, so I kind of am feeling the Toronto side, the puck line here. Um, and then I don't know where I feel about the over under though. So, so what are your thoughts here? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, my favorite thing in this game, honestly, I think is kind of being the Mitchell Marner over prop, which is, is weird to say because he just, you know, normally doesn't seem like that guy. And, you know, maybe we were onto something a little bit too early with, with Matthews not being, uh, the primary unbelievable shot taker, although he still is one of the league leaders in, uh, you know, I course he per 60 over the past 10, even though his shot on goal numbers have come down. Yeah, um, of course but you're, think, you're referring to his wrist injury, of course, not like his, his overall injury. profile okay. as a player. Oh, because no. We weren't no, saying like, that. <laughs> we literally, it's, it's funny. We go on this whole thing about his wrist injury and it could affect him. And he scores three goals, 11 shots on net in two games. And then no goals in the next, what, five, four, four games, no mm-hmm. goals. Um, just, you know, a little early to the party on it. Uh, you can't hit them all. So, but I and think that also only 10 shots on goal in those four games, which yeah, for Matthews right. is and, a ridiculously and, low pace. And, and Marner in the past, you know, a couple of weeks here has really, really started to shoot the puck. I mean, at a level close to, and not quite there with Pasternak though. And I think if we had Pasternak at these odds, we would be jamming it in there at all costs. Um, I'm not saying you have to ride the last 10 at all times and say that this is obviously the way to go, but you know, Marner in this matchup against a back-to-back Ottawa team, um, I'm pretty high on it. Yeah. It, sometimes you think like, oh, well, you know, can they both hit their numbers? And like, of course they could. Absolutely. It's, Toronto, it's a Canadian yeah. team, but like here it's Ottawa on a back-to-back. They could easily both hit the overs. Um, and there is some reason to believe that even if Matthews did heal up a little bit, um, I do really like that call from me. Mitch Marner uh, minus 148 on the, yeah. on the over two and a half. Uh, that does feel like the best bet here. And Cal- Calgary, what back-to-back losses to Ottawa, they had like 30 something shots on net. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a lot. I'm not going to try to find it, but yeah, they had a ton of shots. I mean, they're going to give, there's a ton of shot volume to go around here. Um, so I definitely think that either of those is fine, but like, I mean, Matthews is still a better rate shooter in the past 10, yeah, but um, not by this big of a spread on sure. the over-under. <laughs> So let's uh, let's just clean up the notebook here. On the Toronto side, uh, we talked about Matthews and Marner. Wayne Simmons is actually projected to play with them at five on five. Um, we don't have confirmation on what their power play units will look like, but I sort of suspect that Wayne Simmons will be back in the net front position there, um, at least to start the game on uh, Thursday. You could see you know them go to the super unit of Nylander, Tavares, Riley with those two, but um, for right now, Wayne Simmons top line and projected top power play. So, uh, you got to consider him as far as, you know, DFS is concerned, as far as, uh, the score goal props, um, not, not great value plus two, two eighty five. That definitely seems priced in already, but you know, it's there. Um, and then Galchenyuk on the Tavares Nylander line, just like another super cheap guy who probably won't see many minutes, but, uh, just the sort of. That, that's how they're rolling things out at this moment. So uh, that's it for the Toronto side. Yeah. And then on the Ottawa side, we have Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, and Evgeny Dadanov as their new top line. I kind of like that. You know, Dadanov just offers a ton of value for a guy who's on the top power play. Like he's been a mainstay on that top power play. Um, and he's a guy who you can bet like his, his shot props, you know, over two and a half plus 120. Um, Brady Kachuk slowed down as of late. I don't necessarily think, you know, if Kenny Dadanov's the best bet here, I much prefer the Mitch Marner. Um, but I do think you should consider it and, you know, look, look further into Evgeny Dadanov because now he's truly top line, top power play. Um, and just, you know, a guy who you run any sort of projection systems or anything like that, just a, a guy who comes up as a good value, 
a lot of the time. So I do think he's a, you know, a good bet here. Yeah. Um, but I think that's enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously yeah. a premium six and a half game. Um, I guess, you know, I think we're both leading Toronto, but I think I'd rather take a prop. Um, so Buffalo and Pittsburgh is where we're going to next. I don't want to go there, but we have to. Uh, Buffalo plus 225 and Pittsburgh minus 275. I, I, I will definitely not touch that. Um, I know a lot of Sabres fans that keep tweeting, like, well, got to get on this now. Like, they're not this bad. And they're plus, like, uh, no, never, never, ever, ever. Um, and they are six over, it's a six over under. I think Crosby could get six all on his own. Um, yeah, just not, not interested um, in nearly anything except for some player props. There's a few that I'm kind of eyeballing. I'm not sure where I'm going to end up landing. The only Sabres prop that I would even consider is a Sam Reinhardt over at two and a half. I mean, he is clearly the only offensive player with, uh, I guess, a elite amount of skill left, it feels like. I mean, obviously, Taylor Hall is still good, but just not doing anything. A pulse, right. you mean? Yeah, with a pulse. It, it at least <laughs> looks like he's trying out there to uh, contribute. That is the only Sabres prop I'm even remotely going to put into anything in my head of, like, this could be something worth playing. Um I guess if you get if you're a crazy person, you want to say Curtis Lazar power play one plus seven fifty to have an anytime goal. You can be my guest. Enjoy that. Um, I probably <laughs> won't. I'm not going to do it. But just, you know, we, we can't not give the news and notes. It's good value. We have to be objective. No, no, it's good it's... value. We have to be objective on this podcast. Um, other than that, Crosby minus three hundred five to have a point. Like, guess you can't play that. Like. Uh, it, it is just an ugly with these props other than the shot on goal props. So is there anything here that maybe I'm, I've missed, I've overlooked, I'm not seeing for value? Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's it's very clear that this, especially with no Malkin, Pittsburgh is mostly a one-line team. And of course, these goals can come from the depth pieces. Um, but a lot, all of the power play run, all of the five on five, you know, like prime chances, just so concentrated on this top line in Pittsburgh that, you know, we're not getting great value on it in the betting circles. Um, I do think we're getting a decent value on it though. in DFS, you know, Cindy Crosby is not priced up with Matthews and McKinnon. And of course that's because he's not the historically elite producer that those guys are, but given the matchup here, um, maybe he is, you know, and you're, you're getting Brian Rust pretty cheap. Um, Jake Gensel's a bit pricey, but um, you know, I, I do think you do really have to consider them on DFS, as far as betting goes, I think I'll just stick to the Sidney Crosby over shot prop. You know, minus 125, yeah. which is pretty weak for a guy um, who in his last 10 games is averaging six shot attempts. Like, it's not a huge edge um, because, you know, Sidney Crosby is sort of a chameleon in that, like, if Brian Rust picks his game back up, he will certainly just start feeding Brian Rust on a moment's notice. Yeah. Um, but on Tuesday or on Wednesday night, Crosby put up, I think, seven shots on goal in this game. And, you know, right back at it again. It seems like this is Sidney Crosby's offense at the moment. So I will continue to ride that and just take the over, you know, on the shot prop. Right. Uh, Cause I think I, that's the best value you're getting. Yeah. I, I think it's Crosby or Reinhardt. And if you have the stomach for Reinhardt, I, I don't mind it. It's obviously better for your parlay, but I think Crosby's a lot safer and it's not like, it's not like it's yeah. ultra safe, but it's very safe. And like, you're getting minus 125. That's pretty good. So with all of that being said, we could get off of the Pittsburgh win. Um, I'm wearing a little bit, oh, by the way, a little bit of the Penguins. Um, it's, a, it's a Lemieux All-Star jersey, in case you were wondering if you're a listening only. But if you're watching, you're probably like, wow, that is an unbelievable 2002 All-Star jersey. So moving over to St. Louis at Minnesota. Now, this one, this is, this is one that I've kind of 
already put in as I'm going to watch this game. I'm really excited for this one for multiple reasons. Anytime Minnesota is on, it feels like must-watch television. Um, but more than that, I just I find this game to be a really good edge as far as your DFS lineups with how unbelievably cheap the you know I don't I don't know the, the, there's two top lines in St. Louis and you can consider them one or two. I don't know what, what if you have a strong lean on either of them being more one or two than the other, but how cheap is St. Louis, Shen, Tarasenko, and um, Schwartz? Well, I mean, that's a leading question because the answer is very cheap. Um, you know, that, that line will literally cost you like 15000 And, of yeah. course, they have not been great lately, but, and it's not a good matchup at all, but, like, that seems very much priced in, um, especially for you people who play, like, the, the smaller slates, you know, the 8 o'clock start slate, for example. That just seems like something to consider. Uh, Minnesota on a back-to-back. Uh, so I guess, you know, just looking at these lines in general, Minnesota minus 118 here, um, over under five and a half. We, we should get Kapo Kakinen in that for Minnesota. So it's not like we get a major goalie edge like with some other teams on back-to-backs. But I, I do think that the over here is still very much in play. I, I don't yeah. trust Jordan Bennington or Billy Huso. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I do like this St. Louis offense. I think they bounce back after a really tough game against the you know, the, the Knights team that was challenged by their coach to step it up, find some energy. And by God, they did and blew the doors off. I'm going to five to one win. Um, so like you said, I'm really excited to just watch this game because, you know, Minnesota was being anointed and Colorado said, you know, not so fast that like you sit right back down. Um, so maybe we see that, you know, Minnesota and St. Louis are duking it out for, you know, third in this division, um, down the stretch. So very, very interested all around in this one. Where do you side uh, on the money line here? I, I mean, honestly, I think that I'm, I'm not going to play it. First off, I'm just not going to do it. I think this is a, a total right down the middle game and it could one bounce either way. I probably would go with St. Louis just because Minnesota is on a back-to-back and I'm not going to put any money on it. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, talk like I'll talk, try to talk anyone into it, but I slightly side with St. Louis in this one. Um, I like the over a bit more than playing the money line. Um, and then I don't know if there's any one or two individual players that I find to be like the most interesting when it comes to shop props. Um, very unfortunately on DraftKings, we're not seeing uh, Tarasenko, who I was really hoping to get at like good odds at two and a half, because I do think he's going to start getting back to form uh, sooner rather than later. I'm not touching O'Reilly. I don't think I'll touch Perron. It, it's, it's okay, but not my favorite. But are we going back to Matt Zuccarello one and a half? Are we, are we jumping back on the train? You know, um, that was a tough train to, uh, to to fall off on. I think he had hit in like nine straight games before, uh, what was it, Monday? And he missed it. Um, he also Two missed it. Two he missed row, it. Yeah. yeah, he missed it again on uh, Wednesday against the Ducks. And frankly, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about it because – um, we saw that these, the second power play of Spurgeon, you know, got the, got the goal, um, that, you know, that they had on the power play. So like there could be some issues there in terms of like not being the first unit over the boards. It, it feels like it's probably the right play to just go back to Zuccarello, but I honestly maybe would go with Kevin Fiala instead. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, he, he was, he's been shooting a bit more. He was a shot shy today of hitting five. You know, that's obviously a big deal over on like the DraftKings fantasy. Um, and also picked up two block shots. Like he seemed very much more engaged, um, than yeah. you know, the Zuccarello Caprizov duo did. 
Um, but you know, that's just a one game thing. It obviously could shift, but uh, I'll probably just go back to my long-term, you know, biases and just say like, look, Matt Zuccarello is not a shooter. So in this matchup, which I do think, you know, isn't the greatest matchup in the world. I just think it's a little bit I mean, maybe overrated how sound defensively these, these two teams are at the moment. Um, like, I'll, I think I'll just side with Fiala and then I obviously like David Perron. I'm not worried about any, anything there. Like he's still a really, really good value at minus one Oh three. Um, you know, and that, I think that's just a very straightforward bet um, that I will be making. All right. With that all being said, are we ready to move over to the next game, which is 86 and a half uh, Florida, Chicago? Yeah. Um, Florida, Chicago was the doozy. Rip to the Barkov lineups. Yes. Uh, we did not see that one coming. Um, 757. It was announced that Barkov was scratched. Um you know, just and that obviously turns the game on its entire head. So Chicago did come out of that one with a win. Uh, Barkov has been ruled out for Thursday's game. So now we're getting Chicago at plus 112, uh, you know, one minus 129 for the Florida money line. Um, based on what we saw on on Tuesday night, I honestly feel like I'm just going right to the to the Hawks here, riding Patty Kane, um, you know, just just sort of jumping on board with that because this team looks a lot different without Barkov, and I don't think that's a big surprise. Yeah, no, it was it was very tilting. As I mentioned on the Morning Skate Pod, I literally went to grab something out of the oven at about five minutes to eight, and I missed one of my lineups from getting Barkov out of it. And it was uh, very, very sad. Uh, rest in peace to that lineup. It was already just egregiously bad. Um, but anyways, back to back to what we're saying here. Yeah, I with Barkov being out, I'm just probably not touching the Florida or Chicago side. I think it could easily go either way. And, you know, Florida was just awful in the first two periods, and they scrambled to come back and have a chance there at the end. It's got to be really tough when you kind of have to completely – change take your lineups and put them in a blender um we saw guys like uh, noel achari centering verhage and duclair just not exactly what you want or expect um but i think you know this game is, is one where especially in dfs circles you can get very creative with some of these punts i mean marchment led them at five on five time by a pretty good margin um wasn't on the power play might be on the second unit but they didn't really see any time and he is minimum salary in dk so i think if you're trying to get these mckinnons rantanins uh, Marners and Matthews, you really could find some value in this game. I am not locking Patrick Kane into lineups, but I really, really like him. And I love the shot on goal prop three and a half at plus 110. He has actually had a pretty good uh, shot on like shot attempt numbers that haven't been coming through, averaging about 5.3 in the past 10. Um, not the best in the world. You know, it, it might be a little rich for some people's blood, but this matchup without Barkov seeing the ice at all. I like it. Um, him and Bokefist. Bokefist, another guy that, I mean, just missed absolutely smashing. I mean, he could not have had a better pass for an assist that Soderberg threw wide of the net for, I, I mean, honestly, what am I going to, he's better at hockey than me, I'm sure. But like, just completely like, you just watch the replay. Go look it up. Um, very funny yeah, to watch. I was um, watching that one live. People who uh, play it, oh, power play one, Carl Soderberg is going to get a tap in goal, you know, plus 320, <laughs> pretty good value. Um, yeah, that, that value went right out the window with that play because that was, like you said, one of the most wide open nets I've ever seen. And he just straight up, he just straight up choked it. So um, it was really like a foot and a half, too. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. But going back really to that, funny. you know, he was on the top power play. He's getting those golden chances. That's exactly what you want to see when you, you know, in DFS or betting. You're, you know, you're playing Carl Soderberg because of that power play role. 
Um, plus 320 seems like a pretty good value still to me. I don't mind, you know, taking that. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's a bit more focused on scoring the goal this time. Um, but also a guy like Brandon Hagel, um, he also comes in very cheap, had five shots on goal last game, played on that top unit. So um, plus 370 for his anytime goal. He's not quite as, uh, you know, in the dirty areas as Soderberg is. So it's a bit tougher for him to convert, but that's, you know, priced in as well. So those are two really cheap guys who I think you know, give you some great value and if you don't last, want to bet Patrick Kane himself, which I think yeah. is a good move. And and the last thing here is just Hornquist over two and a half. I mean, he has done that like every game all season. Um, yeah. I know he's very one dimensional, but that one dimensionalness of him is shooting the puck. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, he's, yeah, he's a guy at 6,900 that I like a lot, but I mean, four shots ago, four, 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 three, two, three, three. And there's that two mixed in there, but that was, you know, yep. It's, you know, it's juiced Markov, up to minus, shots to be had. Yeah. It's juiced up to minus 200. So, you know, you got to consider that, but, um, it, it still is, you know, hitting way more often than not, even at like a, you know, minus 200, uh, right. And if you make, if you take a, like, Anything above like six parlay bet, just put put my boy put my boy uh, Juan Chris in there. Jam that in there. Um, you feel good about it. Him and Kane. I mean, obviously, uh, Kane is not as safe, but more volatile. But over two and a half seems like very very likely for a guy that is just uh, the obvious. Him and Ekblad are the guys that shoot. Like they're gonna get the puck, move it. Wenberg, oh, by the way, should mention Wenberg move up to the top power play um, to fill the Barkov spot. Did we, you say that or no? Uh, no, I didn't mention that yet. So good, yeah, yeah. good call so there. The first power play unit was Ekblad, Hornquist, Huberto, Wemberg, and Yandel. And of course, Wemberg scores the goal, but that's not the guy they're trying to feed. They're trying to give it to Hornquist and Ekblad. Um, either of the two, Ekblad a bit better if you get him over on like FanDuel or something yeah. for uh, for a shot prop. But uh, yeah, Hornquist over easy money. Yep. Uh, just last note, um, the beat writers in Florida aren't always the most on top of things. So just be ready. Uh, I'm not sure what their lines will look like if they'll just go back to normal or if Quenville will leave them in the blender. Um, but we could get some really wacky, weird lines on Thursday without Barkov in the lineup. So just, just stay tuned if you're interested in that side of the, that side of the game. So uh, let's go from there over to Detroit at Nashville. Uh, that obviously another rematch from uh, the Tuesday the Tuesday slate, the Nashville shut them out to nothing uh, over under five and a half here. Feels like another nice under. Um, I'm pretty sure that was our recommendation on Tuesday's show. Um, and the minus 175 on the Nashville money line. Now that Roman Yossi's back, that is, you know, priced up a bit. I think you get that at minus 150 even on uh, Tuesday. So maybe we lost a bit of the value there. Um, but in, in any case, I still think I would lean with the Nashville side here. Uh, maybe even go something like the puck line because I just, you know, Detroit's just not scoring at the moment. It's not happening for them. And, you know, Nashville just seems like they're rounding in the form maybe uh, and certainly should be able to take care of business against this really just not good Detroit team. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. Um, yeah, no, I, I like the Nashville side here a lot. Um, maybe at minus 175, but I think that's pretty fair. I'm not touching the over-under just, just uh, as we saw uh, on um, Tuesday, you know, Detroit could just not score a goal, which is very in the realm of possibilities. Again, I'm not sure if they go back to Saros or not. Uh, Roman Yossi returned to the lineup. Um, he scored. He's on the first power play. And one guy that I think is a good stacking option for him is uh, Granlund. Uh, on the first power play, he actually scored from Yossi. So you're kind of a, a little bit of a call back there. Uh, Granlund 
forwards in ice time for Nashville. If you lead all your forwards in ice time against Detroit, it's likely that you'll have a couple good chances to score. And he is a guy that was shooting the puck. Him and Arvidsson, I think, or at least I wish they were both correlated on the power play, but I think that that's a, a really good way to get guys that are, you know, two decently good rate shooters to Arvidsson, kind of a more premium rate shooter. But, you know, they go together and they score two goals with the OC. I think that's a very contrarian stack that no one's really going to have. Um, but I know the knock on Arvidsson, not in the first power play unit, hurts his upside a lot. Um, but overall in this game, I think that, you know, Siding with Nashville is the easy one. The Arvidsson over two and a half, I think it's very much in play. And then Granlin and DFS, I like a lot. Um, I was kind of looking, but yeah, you, you can't get him for a point on DK. No, you can't, you can't even get Yossi either, which is yeah, kind of know, upsetting man. because we used to be able to just jam these Yossi bets in, but um, right. he's not being offered at the moment. So, um, yeah. you know, just Arvidsson over two and a half is, is fair. That's fair, um, that's probably one, better than Forsberg. You know, procedural note on the Detroit side, um, Chalowski got sent down to the taxi squad, so he was on their top unit last game. Um, of course, that doesn't really impact much, but it seems like Bobby Ryan and Philip Pronick will be on the top power play with that full first line of Detroit. So Fabry, um, Mantha, and Larkin, like, you know, it's terrible. I'm not doing it on an 11-game slate, but – if you're playing that eight o'clock slate or something, maybe you just fire in some of the, you know, Detroit line one because they're tightly correlated. They're pretty cheap. And, you know, they, they have that power play upside, obviously. So and there's, there's one condition on that. You know, that one condition is. Uh, I'm not sure where you're going with this. Uh, the only way I play that is if one Mr. Pecorino is in that. If it's, if it's Soros. <laughs> yeah, okay, Pe- Pecca, okay. under yeah. 900 save percentage, Rene. Um, if he's in net, I will consider it. I mean, UC Soros is at 919. Like, if they had even some sort of a team assembled in front of him, that would, uh, they might have a chance at the playoffs, but, but lo and behold. So, <laughs> with all that being said, yeah. let's move Good on point. over to Tampa Dallas. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Uh, not a ton to speak of here. You know, um, no. Dallas, just super weird situation, almost got weirder because, you know, listening to the broadcast, you would have thought Ruby Hintz died. <laughs> like he just went onto the ice and absolutely just died. Um, he fell awkwardly. He limped off the ice, went, went down the tunnel and, you know, he's already dealing with that lower body injury that's had a missing games. And, you know, it was, they were like reading his last rights. It was, it was nuts. And then 10 minutes later, he comes back and he's out there, he's playing, he's on the top power play again after the game, he's asked about it. And he's like, you know, like, no, I'm fine. It's like, okay, okay, bud. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> we get it. You're okay. Uh, just, uh, I don't know. This the saga just gets weirder with Rube Hints and his nagging ongoing injury. Um, but he's playing and he's playing really, really well at the moment. So um that's a really big one for me, just in terms of his availability for, for any time Dallas is on the slate at this point. Um, but I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about Dallas plus one forty at home uh against you know the the best team in the league, I think, in Tampa. So how do you feel about that and any notes on the Tampa side of things? Yeah, well, first off, the, the note you said in the Morning State podcast that I also liked was the coach uh, bonus had to say about Gurianov. So I wanted you to mention that as well because I thought that was really interesting. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I was going to mention that with the goal props or whatever, but okay. I'll do it now. Um, You're welcome. So, so he was asked about why Gurianov wasn't on the ice in a five-on-three power play when Gurianov very clearly has the best shot on the team. 
And basically, Bonus was like, "Look, we're not playing. We're not playing this kid when he's struggling against the the best team in the league. Like that's going to be a time. Say we're up five to one. You know, then then we'll try to get him going. So Gurianov is super cheap, and we love him, but he's just a stay away at this point because the coach. You know, that's not that's not a good thing to hear. Like, oh, no. I don't want to put him on the ice when he can score goals because he's not scoring goals. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> what are you and doing? Then- I'm going to try to tee you up again because with Tampa, they did make a change and there's a literary element that we may want to use for the change that they made to their lines. You got to do it. Well, you set it up so poorly for me that now I feel like it's just so forced. Um, so to start the game, um, you know, uh, Braden Point and Steven Samkos played with Alex Kalorn, um, but they kind of went through a plot twist. Ah, there it is. And played with Andre Plot to close things out. So, you know, you're talking a full line one power play one stack of the three best players on Tampa. So got to consider it. Um, but as we maybe talk about now, over under five and a half kind of feels like an easy under here. Um, yeah, it's, I, it, it was a real I like the under. Yeah, both these yeah, teams I like, I like love the under to pack and... it in. God. I feel like the best part about the under is like you could take the under early and then like Dallas will just be like, actually, we're not playing any of our guys. They're all hurt. It's just like the way it goes with them. Then <laughs> you just shake your head like, all right, perfect. Like, I guess we'll shut it down then. Um, other than that, I mean, I I want to get on this Pavelski over so bad. I feel like it's like one of my favorites and he plays all the minutes, but he just for some reason to stop shooting. I mean, 24 minutes, yep. one shot on goal. Just what is going on? I I, I don't know. I think if, if anything in this game, if you're going to take uh, more, more than likely, I don't know if I'm going to really even play a single prop in this game. Um, the Victor Hedman one is the one that I keep coming back to. He has been probably the best rate shooter in this game, which is weird to say, like not what I expected. Um, I like it. I'm not sure if I'm going to end up stomaching it personally, but with um, McDonough out as well, I think Hedman is just a really, really strong play. It's just to be super hard to afford him in DFS. I probably don't end up having it. So, um, you know, do, do with it as you please, but I will you know, really be trying to, uh, stay away from this game. Maybe if I have been shot prop, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's pretty respectable, uh, plus one Oh five to get over two and a half for Hedman, the way he's been playing, you know, he's yeah, all he's over the ice, like shooting. He's really, yeah, he's, he's been very, very good. So, yeah. um, I, I certainly think that's a, a, a good bet. Um, uh, one guy, if you like the under here, maybe maybe just take the under. But you know, you could make an argument that Braden Point, uh, no point plus one forty, is just a little bit rich, you know, because he's not the main puck toucher on the power play, and that to me feels like the biggest flaw with Dallas right now. It's not their five on five play, but it's their their peak, or, yeah, their their penalty kill, and the puck will go Stamkos, Palat, Hedman, Stamkos, Palat, Hedman. Um, and so Braden Point having like a similar prop to Stamkos when he's like the key trigger guy doesn't really feel right. Um, but I, I don't know. I would, you know, just something off about that number at minus 200 for Braden Point in this matchup. Um, so I kind of like getting the no on that, but it is kind of juiced at plus 140. Like there's, right. <laughs> there's no easy way to middle that. So last game, Vegas at Colorado. Um two of the absolute best teams in the league. Unfortunately, sort of clouding this matchup is the fact that both Max Pacioretty uh, likely to be out, almost confirmed out, and then Alex Petrangelo obviously confirmed out. Um, Makes this game, you know, 
Colorado massive favorites, minus 167. Like, of course, Colorado's a good team, but I'm not sure anyone would have expected this, you know, going into the year. So how do you feel about that money line? Um, are you siding with the Vegas here as pretty sizable underdogs, or are you going with the home favorites in Colorado? You know, I think a lot of the, the smart money would just say to take Vegas. Um, you know, the the home in a way maybe isn't quite this good. And, and Vegas is just one of the better teams in the league. And it could come down to, like, like I said before, one bounce. I think this game should be much, much closer to the middle. It should, it should be nearly a pick em, if not, you know, right around there. Colorado's been playing so freaking good, though. I, I just can't talk myself into actually putting money against Colorado in good faith or telling any of you that that might be the right thing to do. Um, the math, like I said, probably leads to picking Vegas here. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to potentially go with the over. I think I like it a little yeah. bit, but I'm not incredibly strong, but I just would rather take the over. I mean, I look, like, you know, when you're giving me a five and a half line on a game that, you know, even without patches has really good scores on the Vegas side and obviously on the Colorado side and the same Colorado side took a two goal lead uh, in late into the third against Arizona and said, actually Lawson Kraus and uh, Phil Kessel the ghosts of Phil Kessel are going to beat us. Um, that's a team that I want to take the over on, you know, obviously that was a back to back situation and so on, but I'm just not sold that Colorado's like this dominant defensively. I absolutely believe they are offensively, but I think that this pace will be very, very fun. Uh, this game is the last game of the night. So, you know, grab your popcorn. I think this one will be a lot closer than, um, you know, than the minus minus one sixty-seven line indicates. So, you could get a little bit creative and say maybe like a Vegas puck line and, you know, just hope this game's go to overtime or something. I think that's a good approach here. Um, but just in general, the over and some of these players, I'm just really all yeah. in on here. Yeah. I, I guess the, the, my favorite like bet on this game and not something I'd parlay is the Marcus O goal anytime plus 300. I mean, they, if they yeah. don't have potches, I mean, he was 21 minutes of ice time. They played one power play unit the entire time. The entire, like the other second unit didn't touch the ice. That first unit mm-hmm. was Carlson, Marchesso, Smith, Stone, and Theodore. So Smith, Carlson, Marchesso, you know, all together. I, I don't know. I think it's worth considering. Um, that's just me, though. <laughs> yeah. Plus three, I, like, plus like, why is Riley, why is Riley Smith at plus 285? Like, I, I mean, uh, none of those. Know. So, like, you know, frankly, my problem with that line has always been that they all three kind of have muffins of a shot. Like, you know, you watch patches and you're like, oh, my God, like this dude rips pucks through the net. And like those three guys are like, you know, they're really good players, but they don't really have the elite finishing ability. But at plus 300, come on, the way uh, the way March or so is getting shots off here, yeah, yeah, uh, the way that yeah. the power play has basically been recalibrated to say, hey, Mark Stone, you're going up to that top unit and you are just feeding whichever four guy, whichever of the four guys is open. Um, yeah, I absolutely like that. Um, How many shots on goal is Mark Gisso have in the last two without without looking? I I don't know. I'm going to say, like, does he have nine, maybe? 15 shots on goal <laughs> past two games. 15. <laughs> like, he's ripping okay. the puck. Like, th- like, they're just like, okay. hey, Mark Stone, remember how you like to pass to Pacioretty on the power play? He's like, of course. It's like, well, yeah. this is your new Pacioretty. It's right here. His name is Jonathan Marchessault. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I think in this game, uh, hey, um, 34 for two and a half. Uh, another player prop. Uh, so I, I do like that uh, good call out yeah. on the March or so, but if you really want a long shot bet here, 17 to one to score Nick Haig. He's on a power play. Now, unit, now you're talking about language. Like, Oof. you know, Nick Haig is that, you know, he's not this, uh, the you know, worst odds in the game to score. Right. He, he's not like yeah. this 
Dylan Coughlin kind of like no name like prospect like you know Nick Haig actually has some offensive pedigree he's a big guy with you know a, a decent shot for his for his size probably not great but he's got a good shot uh, he's again on that second power play unit if they can get on the ice 17 to 1 just does not make any sense to me so uh, I will be putting some shekels on that one and just basically hoping a one-off hits oh arg anyway I think at <laughs> 17 to 1 I'd rather just take Marcus for his goal but that's just me. The guy, is, the guy only has a couple shots on goal in the past couple games, so I don't know. Only just a couple. Me. All right. Well, in any case, uh, on the Colorado side of things, I, I kind of wanted to complain about this a little bit because we we were pretty sure that on Tuesday, like, um, Kale McCarr was going to be through the moon, like, owned on DFS sites, and he just he just was not like I was flabbergasted to see he was like 20% owned on a, on a, on a five game slate um, against Arizona. Like the way that that first line is playing in Colorado, honestly, you people were lucky who faded in that, uh, that McCarr didn't put up a 20 spot on you for, for, you know, 5k. Um, I think he's the best defenseman do it. Full game (laughs) stack lineup. I think I finally just up like, you know, let's do it. I think you could, I think it's, it's doable. You can't play Theodore and Mark and Makar, but yeah. You can play um, yeah. So, you know, basically just the thing with Makar is that he's so interchangeable with those forwards, uh, you know, at five on five, even he's usually down low, like, you know, he's creeping around, he's getting shots on net. Um, it just doesn't seem right that he's a full 2000 cheaper than, you know, both Ranton and Landis God pretty much. So like, that's just, I think Makar is my favorite DFS play on the entire night yet again. And if people just don't want to own him for some reason, then, you know, I will absolutely take that leverage. I didn't even think that would happen. Um, and, it, and it did on Tuesday. So with 11 games here and much more to choose from, uh, just just join me on the Kale McCarr train here. Yes. Um, eat your Kale and play Kale. Yeah. All right. Um, so 11 games there. Let, let's pick out a couple of our favorite bets. You know, we got to call all the way back wow. to some of these early games. Like this is, this is going to be tough, but uh, you okay. know, how are you feeling about this slate right now? Uh, it's very fun. I'm going to have a lot of bets and I, I yeah, <laughs> I'm going to play a lot of different things. And it's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. Favorite. I think Marner shot prop over um, that one, that one. I'm going to have that and March so quite a bit. Marner, Marchessault, shot props over. Just Marner, Marchessault, shot props. Um, all right. I think I – hmm. Well, so I like the Columbus side, the, those two shot props. I don't know which one to pick. I, I think Cam Atkinson. Let's go Cam Atkinson because he's out there killing penalties. Yeah. He's out there on the power play. Um, doesn't really matter what the game script is. He's on the ice and even money for over two and a half shots. Um, I, I love Svechnikov. Obviously, you know, you got to make a tough decision there between the two. But let's go with Cam Atkinson to spice things up. That is a way to add some heat to the to the parlay, Matt. Love and it. Um, whew, I want to get one of these these lines. Um, I think the Carolina minus one sixty five, and uh, that that's pretty that's pretty solid. Yeah, um, and, and I don't. But Nashville minus one seventy five is just as good at home. Both of those two. I will do um, another shot prop in Sidney Crosby. That that oh, minus one twenty five over two and a half just I mean feels like it could be up to minus one sixty, and I'll be like, yeah, I can see that working. Just the way that Crosby's playing as of late, you know, with no Malkin, uh, the concentration of the lines, and of course the matchup with Buffalo. Like I, I think that's 
especially if we get Tarski on a back to back. Like they have nothing in that right now. So you know, <laughs> fire from everywhere uh, should be the I mantra forgot. and was the mantra. So yeah, my favorite tweet I saw during the game was. It looks like Tukarski surprised every time he stops the puck. <laughs> I, did, I don't know if that's even that true, but it made me laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a rough scene there. So getting Pittsburgh is is like it's a good is a good way to uh, increase your equity on this you know, on big, your betting cards. Big fun, big big fun. All right, anything else that uh, pops to mind before we get to um, the the DFS stacks? No. All right. Uh, just one more. Don't forget about that Nick Hague number 17 to one just feels really weird. Like I feel like a lock of the night. If you played this game out 18 times, he scores once. Like, come on, like that, that's a lot. <laughs> um, You're having, so, I, I want him to score so bad now because you've manifested it so hard. Yeah. So, all right. So favorite of these. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I have fully talked myself into the William Carlson, March um, and, and Theodore, I think it just makes a lot of sense to put with mm-hmm. it. I think if you want to get crazy um, and add stone to the mix and be very contrarian and against the grain, but then you're going to really cut yourself in the knee. I, it's probably not worth, not worth I doing. Thought, just, I thought stone would shoot more in, in the couple yeah. games. And, you know, I mean, he did have five shots, I guess. And that's fine. But, like, I was hoping he would challenge the, the, the bonus. And I just don't see it for 7K with stone playing with Stevenson and talk like, I don't know. I, I'm not that in on it. All right, yeah, I've, I've tried to put a lineup together, though, by the way, while we were talking with the uh, McKinnon, Rantanen, McCarr, Carlson, Marchessault, Theodore. If you play Tokarski and Marchment, you're 100 off. Wow. And I've just, I was like, I got it. Marchment, Tokarski, no, yeah. you, you cannot do it. It, it, okay. it is now confirmed undoable. Unless if a goalie is okay. in that is below 6,700. You are not yeah. going to be able to do it. So, hey, you know, I did the math for you. Um, if, 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 uh, what is it? Miska, is the Miska like just, they just threw him to the sun, I'm guessing. He's in he the went, he, went, yeah. he went 838, and they're like, I guess that'll do. Like, yeah, he, he, he had to delete his Twitter account. That, <laughs> oh, that, you know, that, you know, that's when you're in a bad place as a goalie. So, <laughs> really? Um, or no, yeah, he literally said he like deleted his social media. Because he was in a bad spot mentally. So, okay. um, all right. I will take the uh, Jordan Stahl, Svechnikov, Jesper Foss line um, for, for Carolina. So something that I pointed out uh, on the Morning Skate podcast, which, by the way, if you're playing DFS, you should go listen to that as well. Because uh, there's a lot to cover for 11 games. Um, was that Svechnikov with these oh, newly uh, configured like uh, Carolina power play units with no Trocheck? It's actually taking 33% of that unit's shots. Like it's a very high percentage. It's almost Ovi-like um, when Nechas has been there. So they are very clearly trying to feed Tvetchikov and it just hasn't paid off lately. He's way too cheap. Um, so I, I think that's a really good and fun stack because both Stahl, top power play, Jesper Fast, a uh, second power play are really good values as well. Yeah, that, that is that is very, very fun. Um, one more, and like I, I always yeah. say, I don't want to take the same stacks I already took on the Marner Skate podcast, so if you wonder why I'm not saying Matthews and Marner or something like that, because we already talked about it over there, so go listen to it. One that is a bit off the board. Now, I've mentioned a lot of very expensive stacks, so I want to get a cheaper one in, in, in the mix here, and I think I kind of alluded to it earlier. The way to find that is with Florida. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. Like We don't know for sure, but I think that any kind of you're gonna have to see the lines, but Marchment Wemberg um is really, really, really cheap. And if they could hook up for a goal, 
it is just automatically going to hit for you. Um, putting them with, uh, you know, Ekblad or Uyghur, probably Ekblad makes more sense because he's just a beast. Um, that could be something that's really, really cheap to help you afford those top guys. All right. Like it. I think no, I think it's fine. Uh, I'm just I hate the uncertainty of not knowing what they're going to do with their lines. So of course, definitely follow Um, Morning State podcast on Twitter, and we will. I will make sure to be tracking. And I'm Um, guessing there'll be something from Quenville on that. Yeah. So I will say on the Pittsburgh side, I don't even know if we mentioned this, but Kapanen getting hurt on Wednesday night uh, should mean that Jared McCann steps up to that top power play. So maybe doing something. So, so something, you know, if Kapanen doesn't play, um, you know, we should see McCann at 3.5, maybe stack him up with a Chris Letang and you get like, you know, you obviously get exposure to Crosby against Old Russ, but you can spend up for a different stack. Maybe you think, oh, maybe if they score, you know, two, two, two goals, that top line, and one of them's on the power play, you get a McCann, you get a Letang and you get some other five on five stuff. Um, and then you get a really high price stack with them. You know, it's a great way to get exposure to two great spots without necessarily hanging yourself out the dry if you know if 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 both of them hit in a big way. So I, I do think that that's a, a neat little mini correlation you could make on this slate um, to just make things work. All right. Is there anything else you want to get to here before we shut it down? Uh, no, I just wanted to reiterate, um, you know, especially if you enjoy our, our podcast, signing up uh, with uh, prize picks is a great way to support us and obviously support the sponsor of the show, prize picks. So uh, be sure to go over to prizepicks.com and sign up using promo code MMN uh, and, you know, get up to $100 match bonus. It's a lot of fun over there. It's always fun to look at the board and have all the options available. With 11 games, there are so many options. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. So um, th- that's all I had. Okay. Well, with all that being said, let's get on out of here. Um, thanks again for listening. Make sure you follow Mayo Media Network. Make sure you follow FTN, Vape the Noise. Go give those guys a check out. Uh, Mini is up like a billion dollars. It feels like it just keeps <laughs> absolutely smashing. So if you like making money as much as I do, I would definitely check that out. Um Follow us on Twitter at DJ underscore Mitchell 94 at fake moods. Um, it's funny because he's the fake real moods. Um, lastly, I don't believe that the cinnamon toast crunch had shrimp tails in it. I, I'm not buying it. Um, anything you want to add to that conversation before we get out of here? A lot of you know coincidences there. A lot of coincidences. There's like, I, I literally was just like, I, I got so invested in it. Um, if you watch Nathan for you, like he has to be involved. It just, it has to be an episode. There's no <laughs> other option. I'm, I'm waiting for the announcement. Okay, Matt, take us home. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, big thanks to you all for watching. Be sure to uh, leave a review if you're listening on uh, you know, iTunes or whatever. We appreciate your reviews and your feedback there. Uh, leave a like if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can check out DJ's sick-ass jerseys. So, uh, you know, you do love to see those. Um, and yeah, uh, just again, thank you all for listening and best of luck on this 11-game slate. So we will see you. Thank <laughs> you.